bringing you the latest research, tools, and common sense tips you need to get and stay healthy. It's Talk Healthy Today. Here's Lisa Davis. If you listen to the show, you know I'm an open book. I think it's so important that we share our personal stories. And I have talked about my mother's chronic illnesses and especially her chronic pain before. And it was so heartbreaking because she ended up dying in her 50s from ovarian cancer. But along the way, she had fibromyalgia and two bad knee surgeries when I was a kid growing up in the 70s. And so I saw what it was like to grow up with somebody with chronic pain. It started when I was around five. So I say, uh, most of my good memories are before that time. So it was very difficult. And there's so many people struggling right now. So I was beyond thrilled when I got the book, The Everything Guide to Integrative Pain Management, Conventional and Alternative Therapies for Managing Pain. Our guest joins us now who wrote this fantastic book is Tracy Stein, PhD, MPH. And Tracy joins us now. Hello, Tracy. Hi, thank you so much for having me, Lisa. It's so great to have you on the show. You know, I was reading that you were also uh, shaped by your experiences growing up. Talk to us about this before we jump into all these fantastic things we can do to help ourselves. Oh, absolutely. Um, So I was a really sickly kid myself growing up, and there was a lot of chronic illness in my family. And so, you know, the abnormal actually became quite normal for me. But it made me very both anxious about, you know, well, what was my life going to turn out to be like, but also what more could people do to try to feel better? And, you know, I certainly saw the limits of conventional medicine, which can do some very wonderful things, but it doesn't, you know, in the, in the case of pain, it really certainly doesn't completely eradicate it for most people. Um, and so I was interested in that for a long time. I had explored integrative medicine approaches on my own. I had gotten a master's degree in public health and studied a little bit about nutrition and other things um, and worked at a prominent cancer center. But what was a huge turning point for me was actually when my dog, Cleo, was diagnosed with a mast cell tumor, a type of cancerous tumor, when she was five. I'm a huge pet person. Um, um, and this was. Too. Yeah, it was devastating because, you know, her prognosis was very poor and there wasn't a lot that was offered to us. And so I really started doing my homework even more. Um, I found The Nature of Animal Healing, which is an integrated veterinary health book by Dr. Martin Goldstein. And, you know, we, we did a truly integrative approach with her. She had surgery to remove the tumor, but we did a program of nutritional supplementation, dietary changes, homeopathy, et cetera. And, you know, not only did Cleo live longer than the six months we were told she would live, but she lived seven years longer and her health wow. was actually better before, you know, than it was before she had cancer. And, and that really stuck with me. And then, you know, oh, kind of synchronistically, goodness, yes. um, Dr. Mamadas, who is now quite famous, contacted me to run an integrative medicine research program. So I did that for a few years. So it all kind of came together. Oh, wow. Well, you know, that story really gave me hope because I have two dogs. And if you follow me on social media at all, you'll get sick of seeing my beautiful pit bull, Mr. Baby, who honestly is such a bad rabbit. We'll talk about that another time. And my wonderful lab, Benji. And they're both, they're like the joys of my life other than my child. And they're, <laughs> they're my fur babies, as you call them. Yeah. So I thought, wow, this is so amazing that you can do this. And there's so many things, you know, jumping back into the book, again, the Everything Guide to Integrative P- uh, Pain Management. You're so incredibly thorough. I love that you have 
the conventional treatments, but you also have the integrative treatments, how they work together. And then you have these great things. You have facts throughout the books. You have questions. You have alerts. It's really, really well done. This must have been a real labor of love. How long did this take? You know, I I was given kind of a short deadline. Um, So I'm going to say probably about five-ish months. Um, Wow. So, but, you know, a lot of late nights, of course, looking into this, but... Um, but yeah, I'd been working sure. with chronic pain patients anyway, um, and had been and again had been interested in complementary and alternative treatments myself, and and for use with patients and just from a research perspective. So um, I was able to draw from those things as well. Well, you know, there's a lot right now about mindfulness. It seems like you can't go five minutes without somebody talking about being <laughs> mindful, which I think is great. I mean, I'm working on this. It was funny. Last night I was having trouble sleeping and I was thinking I was imagining as if I was meditating, even though I should be meditating. And because I've been listening to somebody talk about, you know, the thoughts that you have are just clouds and just watch them drift by. So I was doing that and it actually did help. And, you know, part of me feels like, well, if you're in pain, if you're mindful, is that going to make it worse because you're more in touch with the pain or how does that work? Because I think it can be confusing. Uh, at least it is for me, but I, I, obviously there's a, there's a benefit that somehow I I need you to explain. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, just in in case some people aren't familiar, mindfulness, I would say at its simplest is present moment, non-judgmental awareness. So exactly like you're saying, observing, just observing what is without necessarily having to hold on to it or push it away or judge it. The research on pain, um, actually has shown that mindfulness is quite helpful for managing pain, but you know, you can be mindful in terms of noticing the sensation in your body with part of your awareness and understanding that the distress or the um, aggravation or resentment or sadness about it is an entirely different thing. And breathe and, and you can oh, breathe okay. through that. You can also mindfully allow your attention to go to a part of your body that's quite comfortable, right? So even if that's the tip of your nose or the lobe of an ear, or to a sensation or um, sensory experience outside of your body, like the noise outside the window. And what you'll notice is it's impossible to pay full attention to more than one thing at a time. Everything else kind of moves off into the periphery. And so I think mindfulness can be helpful in general, but certainly for pain. Yeah, I'm glad that you talked about that in the book. I think it's so important. One of the things too, which can be really overwhelming when you're a pain is choosing the players on your team. I'm taking that right from the book. This is in chapter five, your pain management team. You say when to stay with your provider, when to find another doctor. Give us some tips on that. Okay. So the first thing I'll tell patients, you know, who very often are frustrated with their providers because pain is difficult to manage. Um, And it can be frustrating for the providers as well is remember that your doctors are people too. Sometimes they'll be late. Sometimes they'll forget something. Sometimes they, um, you know, will prescribe something and it may not be the thing that's most helpful for you. But that said, you know, if you find that your provider is devaluing or dismissive of your concerns or can't really help you come up with both a short-term and a long-term plan or if they're dismissive of therapies that they're admittedly not familiar with, then I would consider finding someone else. Um, You know, same thing if um, someone just really isn't well-trained in pain management. You'd be surprised at how many otherwise very well-qualified healthcare providers don't know much about pain and can actually make some errors that can kind of set you back because they may not know about the right medications or even just the, the physiology of pain. It's important to know about those things. 
Oh, I think so too. And I think if there's something that you're really into, I mean, you talk about energy healing in the book and if they're, you know, poo-pooing that, they, they're not right for you. If that's something that you feel is helpful. Because I think sometimes if you can see a very mainstream doctor who might not be flexible about different types of pain management, uh, you know, it can be tricky and it can go the other way, right? You might see a more holistic person who says, well, why are you on medication? And you shouldn't right. be on medication. And what about opioid addiction? But it's like, well, you know, that's why the integrative approach, I think, makes so much sense. Right. And, and, you know, something else that I really emphasize in the book is that, you know, the patient is absolutely hands down the most important person on their healthcare team. And it's really important for them to honor where they are, um, be thoughtful about the therapies and the providers that they select, and, and embark on a program that's something that makes enough sense to them that they're willing to give it a fair shot. So you might have a great provider, and even if they don't get the whole energy therapy thing, and that's something important to you, you may still decide that they fulfill an important role on your team, as long as they're, again, as long as they're not super devaluing. But um, you may say, well, I'm going to have other people on my team that kind of fill in the gaps, but you being in the driver's seat is extremely important. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because you shouldn't throw out the baby with the (laughs) bathwater, right? (laughs) If you're getting some benefits with that. Right. I like too that you talk about, speaking of benefits, the benefits of medical marijuana. Uh, You know, when my mother was sick uh, with ovarian cancer, that was like one of the only things that helped with a lot of different things. And she would cook it and put it in butter. And it cracked me up because my parents were like the most (laughs) anti-drug people ever. Um, And so I called my sister. I'm like, you'll never believe it. But mom's eating marijuana. What? You know, but it, it was so beneficial and I, I still think it, you know, it should be legal. I'm glad that it is in certain parts. Tell, talk to us about what you've seen with uh, medical marijuana and pain management. So it's still something that we need to do more research on. It's certainly a um, politically charged issue. People have all kinds of biases um, about, you know, for and against medical marijuana. But I think we need to be more open-minded Um Many people have pain that is intractable otherwise. And, you know, we can maybe overstate some of the risks of medical marijuana. And, and every substance that has the potential to help you can also have a risk as well. But, you know, many of the conventional medicines that we routinely prescribe, as well as procedures, they also have risks as well. And so there has to be a cost benefit analysis. Um, you know, legalizing marijuana, I think, would be helpful in the sense that then there's better oversight, better standardization, mm-hmm. and Definitely. maybe more thoughtful prescribing of different strains for different types of issues. But certainly people with epilepsy or um, poor appetite due to um, a medical illness like cancer, um, sleep or pain problems that don't respond to other medications, I think we really need to be more open-minded about what could help. Oh, I think so too. You know, I'm so glad that you have nutrition in the book. You have uh, also a fitness. And, you know, one of the things I did when I first got into the health world uh, many moons ago (laughs) is I worked as an aquatic specialist where I worked with the physical therapist. They would design the program. I would go in the 90 degree pool with the, with the patient and I would do the exercises with them and boy, what a difference I would see. And then I got certified through the arthritis aquatic association. This was in my early twenties. And it was great. And it was such a nice introduction into this world of health and to see that something could work so well. Of course, when they got out, the gravity was a little rough, but they were still (laughs) glad they came. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And and what I like about what you're saying about aquatic therapy is it's something that's not going to stress the joints 
um, and muscles as much as something like jogging, which for some people is a wonderful exercise, but for other people, you really just want to make sure that they are moving, but again, without the same jarring kind of, um, you know, impact on their bodies. The other thing I like about what you mentioned about that is that you as a provider were there in a supportive capacity, not just an instructional capacity. And many of these therapies, having a a skilled provider there, you know, it's a really intangible type of benefit. But knowing that somebody is not only skilled, but um, emotionally supportive and and in it with you, literally in the pool of of healing with you. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I would I would build friendships with these people and they would look forward to coming and I would see, you know, Mr. Smith every Tuesday and Wednesday and Mrs. Jones every Friday and Saturday. And it became this regular thing. And and when you are having that kind of pain, knowing that you're not only going to be doing something that makes you feel better, but you're going to be relating with somebody who's there to listen to you is a huge benefit. Speaking of that. I think when you have chronic pain, I mean, I saw this with my mother, you get depressed, which is natural. Absolutely. So having someone to talk to, seeking out a therapist, seeking out a support group, I think all of those things are so essential. They really are. And what's good is I think the medical community is recognizing more and more the importance of psychotherapy, specifically cognitive behavioral therapy, but other mind-body approaches to help address the the anxiety and depression and grief and the body image issues and all these things that very much get tied up into the experience of pain, um, you know, it can really be this vicious cycle where the stress and distress is amped up and we know that that makes pain worse. Also, pain being increased makes the distress worse and the hopelessness. So um, things like cognitive behavioral therapy and other types of psychotherapy can absolutely help with that. And I think they should really be an import of any integrative pain management program. Yeah, I feel like that too. You know, growing up in the 70s, when my mother was in her chronic pain in the 80s, and then into the mid 90s until she passed, it just seems like there wasn't a lot. What have you seen over the last 20 something years in terms of how pain is viewed and and the changes and the things that are available? Well, just the fact that there's more research funding um, dedicated to understanding and treating pain is um, really important and something that's happened over the last few decades. Um, recognizing the importance of non-medical therapies, especially for people who haven't benefited from standard conventional therapy. So even things like chiropractic and acupuncture, chiropractic. Um, osteopathy, massage, all of these things that you know would not have been, quote, prescribed before, in addition to including mental health providers in the conversation about pain. So there have been a lot of important changes, and, and I hope they continue. Oh, so do I. You know, I just want to uh, thank our sponsor, Organifi, because I love doing Talk Healthy today, and I really hope that people are enjoying it as much as I am. I love berries, but often buying organic berries is expensive and they spoil quickly. What if you can get a wonderful antioxidant boost from your favorite berries in a drink that happens to be a juice powder. Well, look no further than Organifi's Red Juice. Organifi Red Juice is a superfood red juice powder. It's packed with antioxidants, immune-boosting herbs. It tastes great. And all you have to do is open it up, pour it in your water or your almond milk. I'm a big fan of coconut milk beverage, and it tastes amazing. It's got 11 superfoods. It's quick and easy nutrition on the go, which we all love. And again, that those red colors, you want that. 
that is so good for your overall health. So be sure to check out Organifi.com. And when you see the code, it says, you know, use code, you want to save 20%, put in talk healthy. So again, use the code talk healthy, go to Organifi.com, O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com. Oh, yeah. And, and, I, I think that's leading into the nutrition component as well, which you yes. <laughs> mentioned a few moments ago and how incredibly important that is. Most people do not realize that what we put in our mouths or stop putting in our mouths has a lot to do with how well we'll manage our pain and, and other um, illnesses as well. We'll talk a little bit about what to put in our mouth and then what not to put in our mouth. Okay. Um, so, you know, one problem tied into that is the issue of overweight. Um, actually being overweight or underweight are both associated with worsened pain. So we want to make sure that people are eating properly to manage their pain, um, but also avoiding things like emulsifiers. So when you see like polysorbate 80 in your creamy packaged food, well, that increases inflammation and can create other health problems like obesity and even um, lead to inflammatory bowel disease. We've seen that research in mice. Um, anything really processed or loaded with chemicals can um, make your pain worse. It's just not great for overall health. Eating a um, whole foods, less refined, anti-inflammatory diet is definitely beneficial. We know that not only pain, but depression, cancer, heart disease, allergies, these are related to inflammation. They're considered inflammatory illnesses. So um, eating good fatty acids like you'll find in walnuts or fatty fish or flaxseed, these are all things that can be beneficial. But eating food in, in as close to its natural state as possible tends to be better and supplementing um, as necessary. And somebody might want to seek out a nutritional consultant or um, a physician who's really well-educated in nutrition as they consider adding in um, other kinds of uh, substances like dietary supplements. You know, we only have like a minute left or so, but I just want to mention hypnosis. Uh, my father has a, a pain clinic called Kroll Care, K-R-O-L-L. It's in Georgia. And he's oh, wow. been doing hypnosis since the 70s. He's an ophthalmologist, but now he's in pain management. And I mean, they've got therapists and the whole nine yards and physical therapists and chiropractor, the whole thing. It's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, he, that's something that's really big. And my brother as well also does hypnosis for different things. And, and I've seen it work and it's pretty flipping cool. <laughs> it's, a, it's wonderful. It's one of my favorite things, uh, one of my favorite techniques to use with people, actually. I think it's effective for a lot of different things. Oh, that is great. Well, you know, Tracy, you're going to have to come back. I've had so much to. fun speaking with you. And I Likewise. wish my mother had had this book. I, you know, at least I feel like I can tell other people about it and it can benefit other people in pain. Again, the book is The Everything Guide to Integrative Pain Management, Conventional and Alternative Therapies for Managing Pain, Discover New Treatments, Regulate Symptoms, Improve Your Mood, Decrease Chronic Stress, Nurture Your Body and Mind. You won the Nautilus Book Awards winner. I see this. Yeah. That is awesome. Um, and you and also the, have a you also have a personalized plan for pain relief, which you'll have to come back and talk about that. I would love to. I would love to. Um, so thank you and so I much. I think it's great. Lisa. You have an MPH, by the way. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I have one too. Woohoo! We can Woo. have the MPH club. <laughs> Miles per hour. No, Madison yeah. Public Health. <laughs> All right. Well, I don't have a PhD though, so you're kicking That's my okay. rump. Okay. Well, I want to thank everyone for listening to Talk Healthy today. I'm so glad. If you like it, please rate and review. It makes a big difference on iTunes and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a thing. You can follow me on Twitter at HealthMediaGal1 and at Health Talk, excuse me, Talk Healthy, the number two day on Snapchat. 
chat on Twitter, look for us on Facebook, Talk Healthy Today podcast, and stay well.